When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 184. My name's Turner Sparks. With me, Sir Michael Ira Kaplan. Cap, I am back in the basement. I'm back in the fort that the child that the children built for me on the podcast today. You're, you left West Virginia? You're home? You got home safe? I am back in. Yes, if you missed, if you're not a subscriber to the uh, Live from the Bunker show, you missed my entire trip to West Virginia last week. <laughs> it was a fast one. You, you blink, you miss it. I did three three or four episodes out there in West Virginia. You guys, if you want to listen to that, go to uh, Lost in America. Go to uh, what? what, uh, Patreon.com. Yes, Patreon.com slash Lost in America. The notes for that, sorry, the link for that will be in the liner notes of this episode. Kaplan and I do this show every Monday, and then every Tuesday through Friday, just the two of us do a half an hour show over there called Live from the Bunker. So get involved with that. Five bucks a month, you get us this uh, five total times a week. That's pretty good, Kaplan. Every yeah. single weekday, you can listen to us, getting you through the entire pandemic. On the show today, we have the great Daniel Pomerantz joining us once again from Israel, calling yeah. in to tell us what it's Zoom like, in. uh, what zooming in, in to tell us what's going on over there in Israel. Cap, he's an old friend yeah. of yours. Yeah, he started we had him Playboy the- in Israel. He's had a life. He's had a life. He, I knew him. I met him in Israel about uh, 20 years ago. But he, yeah, he lived, moved to Israel. He left America. He started play, play, brought Playboy magazine to the, Israel. Told us all about it last year. And now, just going to check in with him because Israel has been one of the real success stories, supposedly, of uh, of the quarantine of like keeping their death tolls and their reopening. But I've heard they've had some trouble. So we're going to find out. Uh, well, I'm curious because they reopened, I think, uh, I don't know when, recently, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. But the point is they're ahead of us in this whole schedule. Exactly. And so I want to look into the future. I want to know what we should be doing or should not be doing based off of what they're, what's gone right and what's gone wrong over there uh, with our neighbors to the east, as they call them, in Israel. <laughs> Do they call them that? Um, well, we, you know, as a Jew, I actually call them neighbors to the West because I'm supposed to face the West when I pray. But yeah, we can call them the East too. It's a, it's a round planet. Do you face the West? Is that so? Uh, yeah, because it's the Western Wall. Yes, sir. I don't know. I actually. look up. I face heaven. Are we not supposed to do that? Oh, you well, there's nothing wrong with that. Or you I'll look down. That. Sorry, we look down. I face the ground. I face, that's not south, but whatever the center of the earth might be, I face that. I don't know why, because we're praying to, is, we're praying to heaven, but we're looking down. Life's curious, yeah. but let's move on, Kaplan. Yes, okay. Um, okay, big news. On, for Patreon listeners only, we will be doing our show live from the bunker. We will be doing it live on Zoom on July 1st. So what you will do is log on. We will send everyone, everyone who's a Patreon subscriber, we will send you a link. You can watch us, uh, Cap and I, do our show live. And then right when the show ends, we're going to do a happy hour with everybody. Everybody will grab a drink. We'll do questions. We'll talk to everybody. All of our characters over there. We have a whole slew of characters because we, we're a whole family over there on the Patreon show. We like to shout out listeners. We like to bring them into the show, sometimes have them on the show. Producer Matt's been stopping by the show over there. So get that 
but the only way to get that is get it on Patreon. And uh, also another announcement, my show, my Friday night um, Zoom stand-up comedy show will be back this week. We took last week off in honor. You know, we just didn't want to, we didn't feel it was, it was our time to speak in the middle of everything that was going on. Two white guys. It was not the best, uh, it wasn't our place to jump in and tell everybody um, what was going on. So we decided to hang back last week and well now said. we'll be back this week. I don't know what's the best way to say that except for... I didn't. We it wasn't our point. It wasn't our place, right? Am I wrong? You, I yeah. It was. You did your thing. You did. It was. A, it's a. You had a blackout. All, all businesses were shut down last week. Ruby didn't even have ballet classes. Make space Zoom, so. for the for the important voices, Make which is space, not exactly. which is not me complaining not about important. the hot tub in the back of our house. I mean, that's important too, but it's not as important. It's, you know, you have a lot of weeks to be to be complaining about hot tubs. It could wait a week. It might ring false. It, Exactly. <laughs> so, Cap, anyway, we are back this Friday night, and uh, we have an exciting show. That'll be a lot of fun. So get that. Go to turnersparks.com to get involved with that. Now, I want to talk I, about – yeah, go ahead. Oh, I got to say one thing because I, I felt like the voice of, like, producer Matt in my head right after I said – I'm getting better at it. Like, I said something. I'm like, that was wrong. I just want to clear it up because I know I'm going to hate mail. I want to preempt it. That we, we face the Western Wall, but Jews face East because it's closer. That makes sense. So I. That's what I you thought. Don't to, yeah. You don't. Have to, I got confused. Don't. I don't want producer Max sending me hate mail or coming on with that. So. You gaslighting anyway. me, Kaplan. Yeah, exactly. I, I said facey. I don't know if that's you a gas. Right. You got it right. I, I don't know you if that's a right. gaslighting me. I don't know what that. Well, I don't, that'll be the next thing we have to correct. But yeah. <laughs> okay, but you gaslighted me. Yeah, you told me I was wrong, and then because you're right, as a you gentile, right. I knew. You knew. How you about know. that, anyway. Kaplan? Now I got a couple ideas because stand-up comedy. I'm almost positive indoor stand-up comedy as we know it in a comedy club. I don't think it's going to come back until after there's a vaccine, and I don't yeah. think there's a vaccine minimum. Fauci says till the end of this year, early next year, and that's like right. widely available now. too. It's got to be like we have the vaccine, and then it's got to be they got to be able to get it to everybody. Widely steps, available. I yeah, want yeah, people yeah. vaccinated as they're coming into my comedy show. <laughs> That's Wait, what I want. You can, maybe you can do a comedy show at the vaccination clinics to cheer people up a little. I bit. want doctors. No, I want Dr. Sree Grandi. I want Dr. Bob Kaplan standing Dr. there with, with syringes. I want them with syringes <laughs> at the New York Comedy Club. So when you're coming in to see me, you get a shot in the arm and then you're allowed hey. in. And, All right. and I don't see that happening immediately. So I have other ideas for ways to make money doing comedy before then. One is an idea I've already seen, so I'm kind of stealing it. But I, this idea of standing in the back of a pick-em-up truck and telling jokes to audiences all sitting out on their lawn chairs, social distance from each other. You know, you get those, like they have in New York City, those six-foot circles where they're six feet apart from each other. You and your family can sit in one circle, another family in the next circle. And I'm standing up on a pickup truck with a pick up truck with like a boom box, a microphone into one of those, uh, like an amplifier, like you would see a rock band performing. What do you think about that idea? I mean, I like it. Is it in, is it in like... Um What's the crowd? It's in parking lot specifically, or it's in. It can be in a park. It can be on a street. If you can block, like do a block party style, you could close off the street. You know, I've seen other comedians are doing this. We saw comedians doing it in your neighborhood in Queens, New York. And now more and more across America, you see pictures popping up of people standing in the back of pickup trucks. Really, the main use of pickup truck, there's no, since ISIS, there's been no industry using pickup trucks more than uh, comedians at these days. You know? Yeah, and and if you have a specific location, you can like I for you know yeah we talked about in that in Queens they're doing it where they're doing the drive-in movies, 
Yeah, they're making people kind of stay in their cars, but I don't think people necessarily need to stay in their cars if you can do chalk outlines of circles and you stay in your circle. Yeah, I like that idea. I think people are into, I think that I would propose as you get to each idea that people are, they like an idea and then maybe they want to move on to the next idea. They're kind of into this like experimenting with new ways to do things idea. So you could do a show in a truck, you could do a show in a park. With like, you know, you can just people. I think they're going to be interested in outdoor comedy. Though. I really, I think people. They, they well, what lie. I've learned. So I have friends, you know, Jimmy Schubert and guys like this. They go to the Middle East and they perform for the troops a lot. And what they say when they come back is that they go, listen, it wasn't ideal. The conditions were not ideal. I was standing in a cafeteria on top of a table with no st- no real stage, no lighting, no no good. The sound system was pretty weak, but it didn't matter. The crowd, they were just so appreciative that I was there that it was the best right. audience I've ever performed for in my life. And I found, I, I, I think that this is going to be the case when you start doing these outdoor shows. Of course, it's not as good as performing the New York Comedy Club, the Comedy <coughs> Cellar, these type of places, yeah. and God bless you. But it is, but I think people are just going to be happy that something's going on. What do you think? Yeah, because people have, you know, not to compare it to being in a war zone, but, you know. But why not? People have been cooped, people have been cooped up forever, and yes, cooped up. P- people are able to go out now and do things, and they're starting to be more, you know, people keep saying, like, oh, it's, like, normal. But it's not because you don't have bars, you don't have sporting events, you don't have Broadway, you don't have shows, you don't have movies to go to. So any form of entertainment you can give them, you know, I'm finding myself interested in, like, I'm just looking at any, any time I, I was walking the dog yesterday and two people, a, a boyfriend and a girlfriend are having an argument on the street. And I was so excited for some sort of entertainment. Like this, yes. like, this was like a, I was watching like a live play. I haven't seen, I haven't seen a lot of that lately. So just watching a good old fashioned fight in yeah, the street. It's so exciting. So yeah, to see, uh, a performer come on any kind of performer i mean dance there's other you, you could even make it a, a combined show where you have like other kinds of show you know well yeah. so tyler sparks they had a uh, band play this was like a dixieland yeah. like amazing band played last night on their front porch and that's where we started talking about it. about 75 people came out to watch this thing everybody and it was free they just sent out an email to the neighborhood and the entire neighborhood came and mm. so I'm thinking, why not bring out a pickup truck? I stand in the back of it, <laughs> in the <laughs> bed, and I the tell hillbilly them, Hamptons have really the hillbilly yeah they've the rubbed off on me these hill. I want to bring the hillbilly Hamptons back that's to what we're Arlington, West Virginia, Virginia last yes. week for the people. Yeah, so yeah, I like that. Uh, I, I, you just drive around. You got to play like a mute, like a song, like Mr. Softy. You need you need like a song. Less people know. Well, Ben Sparks had a great idea. He goes, "Why don't you ride in on the pickup truck?" Yeah. With theme music, as you're saying. And then when you hit your last punchline, you go, turn on the car, Jeb, or whoever's driving, and they rev it up and drive you off. <laughs> and you ride off into the sunset. Yes. Yeah. Stand in the back. It's a hero's welcome, a hero's journey, you know? Or if, they hate, if, they're, if they're heckling you and throwing stuff, you just jump, easy exit. So yeah, you leave her. Either way, either way, you win. <laughs> Second idea. Okay, so that's a winner. Second idea. I made for Natalie Sparks, my she's my niece, for her birthday, her eight-year-old birthday a couple a week happy ago. Happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday, Natalie. I made her a birthday podcast. I did a full pod, interviewed everybody in the house, interviewed her grandma and grandpa over the phone, put together a wow. podcast about her life that I gave to her on her birthday. And I'm going to tell you something. She loved it, Michael Ira Kaplan. That is a great idea. And that's now people, the whole family, everybody's been telling me, why don't you do this as a business why don't you say 
pay me some money. I'll do a 30-minute pod. You know, if you if you're if it's your grandpa's birthday, if it's your nephew's bar mitzvah, if it's uh, graduation, if it's retirement, whatever your celebration is, you give me five people from your life. Maybe it's your coworkers because somebody's retiring, so all the coworkers get together, and then they I interview each one for five minutes. I slap it together as a podcast, give it to you like a half-hour pod as a celebration. Yeah. Why is that not a good idea? Yeah, it doesn't have to just be for birthdays, too. It could be for uh, graduating, graduating. That's what I said. That's what I yeah, just yeah, said yeah. for anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For anything. And it can be uh, – uh, that's a good idea. That's actually – that doesn't even need to be in a quarantine. That could just be normal. That's a business. <laughs> just a business. I mean, that should be a Patreon level. We should be doing podcasts for people if they do pay us enough. Well, it's going it, to – I'll tell you this much. It did take a long time to put together because you have to – court. first of all, you have people. to schedule all these phone calls, and then you got to, you know, cut an audio together. It's easy if it's one conversation, but with the more right, conversations right. you get, the longer yeah. it takes. So it's not going to be cheap, but it's something that – I don't think a $25 Patreon gets it. But I mean, like, look, it's yeah. got the, like, you know, like – you know how we keep talking about how we're going back to the 50s and everything? Yes. It's like it is – it is – a common thing nowadays to put together um, like video greetings type messages, especially like, you know, you, happy birthday, everyone sends a video and you edit it together. But that's, there's something charming to just audio, you know, just like stuff, but the podcast that is like, and it's not just a greeting. It's like a story, you know, it's like a, well, it's a story. So, and then you have it for the rest of your life. You can listen 20 yeah. years from now about your eight year old birthday. When you, your yeah. cousins and your parents and your aunt, grandma, grandpa and uncle and everybody made this thing. So I think I'm going to do it. And who else? Why not? Here's the other thing. I know how to host a podcast. I know how to edit a podcast. I know how to put out a podcast, all those skills. I'm yeah. not sure if everyone else knows. It's not an easily acquirable skill. Yeah. Acquirable. So there you go. I've learned how to talk still. But besides that, still learning how to talk. I know how yeah, to do this. So, Cap, I think we got Daniel Pomerantz on the line. Should we get to Dan? Yeah, but if people want to contact you about uh, putting together some birthday podcasts, sorry, I yeah, come out the rate, come up with your rates first, I guess, and then yeah. We'll check it out. TurnerSparks.com. You can send me a note there. You can email me. Why not? I'll give him my email. Turner, S-P-A-R-X at gmail.com. TurnerSparks at gmail. If you're interested in that, I'm putting the rates together right now. And uh, I'm going to be doing that, I think, very soon. So why not? All right. And then uh, and if anyone has a pickup truck, they want to they want to lend you for these uh, for these. For these I need a jokes. pickup truck. <laughs> yeah, I need a pickup. truck. Natalie Sparks already told me two of her friend's dads have pickup trucks. So because if gonna... you show up in like a Prius or something, he's not going to it's going to lose all. No, nah, you want to be man of the, the people, centers. man of the yeah. people. <laughs> of course. Exactly. All right. All Dan's right. on the line. Let's, Let's get, get to yeah. Dan Let's in Israel. Zoom him in. Zoom him in. We're back with Daniel Pomerantz from Honest Reporting. Welcome hey to the guys. show, man. <laughs> Good to be here. In, tele- in uh, wait, Jerusalem, right? I'm in Jerusalem. At the end of the month, I'm moving to Tel Aviv. But right now, I'm still in Jerusalem. The I've been city. living here five years. The holy city. It was, that's the problem, is that I'm not a very holy guy. And, you know, like on weekends, everything shuts down. There's really not much to do except go to dinners and pray. And if you're into that, it's cool. But, you know, if you're not, it's just there's not a whole lot here. People tell me there is, but I just haven't found it. And it's been five years. 
And it, it took five <laughs> years to figure that out. <laughs> I could have told you I've never been there. I've never been there. I've been there. Yeah. Been there. yeah. Turns, out Mecca's, turns out Mecca's not a party town either. Right <laughs> yeah. Well, it is once a I year. Was gonna, I was going to do spring break in Mecca, but then. Uh, Salt Lake City so just doesn't party time. like I thought it would, you know? <laughs> I can't believe I went to BYU freshman year and I thought college was all fun. And <laughs> what, so, um, but is the quarantine, was that, I mean, is it good to be in a place that shuts down normally two days a week anyway during a quarantine? It's an advantage, I'll right? You, yeah, I, I got good practice. Like yeah. people are all complaining about, oh, I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. I'm like, I've been doing that every weekend for five years. I'm, I'm all set. <laughs> To me, this is just Saturday, like except seven days a week. So, so what's it's going, the, what's going on? You guys are out of, um, are you working your way out of quarantine? Like, I feel like Israel's ahead of us right now, right in the United States in yeah. terms of the start. Did you start earlier, ending earlier, or start later, ending yeah, earlier? We started a couple weeks earlier, but also what we did really well is we shut down real fast because. You know, in America, people are worried like, oh, the economy, oh, it's racist. You can't let people in. And Israelis just like, screw that. We're just shut down. <laughs> it's racist. <laughs> and, and I think you're mixing so, stories, but yeah. He's in America. He's not in America right now. So he's, he gets his news and filter. <laughs> Keep <Yeah>. going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we, we uh, no, I meant it was because they were saying in the beginning that it was racist to like keep Chinese people out of America or whatever. Oh, right. Oh, right, right, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Right. You know. Yeah, for right. So that. back then, yeah, no, there's a whole lot of, yeah, racism keeps coming back, but no, there's different racism. And uh, yeah, so Israel just shut down. And so we started flattening the curve a lot sooner. And now we're opening up a little bit. And while we we're flattening the curve, the problem was that the religious communities weren't, weren't uh, shutting down. They're like, mm-hmm. well, you can't not have a wedding. You can't like not go to synagogue and pray. So they kept doing that. And then like everyone in, like B'nai Brock and remember we were talking before about Stissel from Maya Sharim. Like they, they were <laughs> yeah. all getting sick. Oh, Stissel. Oh, Shocking. This Stissel didn't listen to the orders. <laughs> so everyone, all the religious people are getting sick, but then the religious rabbis caught on finally. And they said to their communities, okay, stay in. And the good thing mm-hmm. about religious people is when you tell them, you know, like when they're a community leader when the local rabbi says, do it, they'll do it. So then right. they started getting a lot better. And then we came up with this brilliant idea to reopen the schools. And think about this. You can't reopen the economy, reopen the schools, because all the parents have kids and a lot of them can't afford daycare. So without schools, the parents can't go back to work. They got to be home with the kids. Right. So they start opening the schools. And that week, by total coincidence, it was a heat wave. So they said, all right, because of the heat wave, we're making a special rule for one week, you don't have to wear your masks. So they send all the kids who are bacteria mm. factories anyway <laughs> back into the schools, tell them they don't have to wear their masks. And like exactly two weeks later on the nose, which is the incubation period, like the numbers start going up again. So that's what we're dealing with now a little bit. So I did, did, yeah, go, oh ahead, Pat, go for now, it. I was going to say, wasn't there a teacher who was positive who, who went into like one school and like spread like a hundred kids in Israel somewhere? Like he knew he yeah. had, I didn't mention it. <laughs> Cause, uh, yeah, it was something like that. And he spread like they, there were, there were 200 cases it, that day and over a hundred of them were all from that school and all from that, like one teacher. Mm. So now they're testing the schools like crazy, but it might not be as bad as it sounds. Cause for one thing, when you do that many tests, you're going to get a lot of positive results. So it might not be that there are really more cases. It might be, we just know about more now because they're testing like 10,000 people a day, which for the size of Israel's population is, is a lot. And, um, and, and also the, the, the good news is that the, 
the number of new cases each day is not growing exponentially. It's kind of staying the same each day. So that means that probably they're doing a pretty good job shutting down schools when they discover something, putting people in quarantine for a couple of weeks when they get sick. And they're just kind of keeping, keeping the spread from growing exponentially. At least that's what it looks like. I mean, who knows tomorrow it could all change, but. Cause I, I was just thinking about the mask thing you said about the schools. And I mean, isn't it always hot in Israel, especially this time of year? Like this, I mean, what's a heat wave even mean? Like it's just hot. So how are they oh, going to get man. around I, that? <laughs> I learned a whole new meaning for hot when I moved here. And it's funny now when I actually, when I walk around Israel with a friend from America on a hot day, usually I'm like, okay, I'm doing all right. And my friend is like dying. Cause yeah. when you're just here for enough years, you kind of get used to it. So this was a day that was so hot that even Israelis found it hot. Mm. So that, that's what hot means. It basically means like it was over a hundred degrees for like a week in a row. It right. happens once in a while. It seems to me like that's going to be a problem. I mean, like not, not having kids wear masks is for sure an issue, but in America cap, do you think you can get a group of five-year-olds together and they'll all wear their masks properly? Even if they're trying to wear their masks, like adults in America are still like, I don't yeah. know how to put on a mask, which frankly, if you can't put on a mask, <laughs> like go back to kindergarten, but yeah, it's a pretty it, simple thing to put on. Adults can't figure it out. I mean, I've, I found that kids, the good thing about kids is that they follow, like they want to fit in kind of thing. So like if enough of the kids are wearing their masks, they will wear their masks because they're all wearing their masks. But if you start leaving it up to them, they don't want to wear masks. I mean, it's uncomfortable, obviously. It's a sweat. All the reasons, and we're adults, we understand the risks and whatever. They don't really understand it. I mean, Teddy is very neurotic. He will wear his mask. He's pretty, he's pretty, he wears it better than me. But most kids I've seen, I've seen outside, whenever it's hot out, they don't wear them. So I can't imagine wearing them in a school day and I can't imagine a teacher being able to enforce it when you got like 25 kids in the class or whatever, trying to make sure each one of them is wearing their masks. That, that's, I don't envy that position. Oh, well, the so. teachers aren't wearing them either. No. Oh. <laughs> well, there you go. There's your problem. And you got, you know, Israelis are not famous for like being a culture that likes to follow rules. You know, this isn't uh, like Japan. I'm familiar. Not, where like, I mean, I heard this, there's a news story where in Japan, they didn't like have any legal penalties to enforce anything. And, 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 you know, so, so we shouldn't have it either. I'm like, are you kidding me in Japan? You don't need to, you tell people to do it. They'll do it. In Israel, people will argue with you just to argue, even if they agree mm. with you, they'll argue with you. Yeah. So you got people wearing masks like down around their chin because they want to take a quick breath and they just leave it there smoking a cigarette. Dan, what they'll <laughs> do here is uh, in the grocery stores, and this is like 100% the times I've been. They will wear, the, all, all the employees will wear the mask, but then whenever they want to talk to you, they pull it down to talk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like the just, one time you should be wearing it. <laughs> they're like, this is in the checkout line. They were like, oh, it's going to be uh, $25.15. And then they put it back up. I'm like, what are you doing? This is not. Yeah. The, yeah. It's a bit of a common sense thing that, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, it's better than nothing, but yeah, that's uh and that's it's surprising that you tell me this because I was telling Turner off air that I thought um, I'm, I assume because of Israelis and national defense and you all serve in the army and you've, you've dealt with terrorism threats before that like there's a purpose of sacrifice that Israelis have that Americans don't have where you're just like, all right, the government tells me to do something, I'm going to do it. You're saying that's not true. That's a rosy well, picture. There's, there's a little bit of this. I tell you, what, it's, there's a little bit each. There's a little bit of this sense of like, I'm not going to, this Middle Eastern macho pride. Like I'm not going to tell anyone, let anyone tell me what to do. You see in the army too, people like argue with their commanders and 
you know, we sort of have a joke that the Israeli army is really good because it's the least bad army in the Middle East. Um, but that's like, I know some, like some people of, disagree with that, but yeah. well, I mean, that's like the kind of joke that people like when you're in the army, people make that joke because everyone's yeah. sort of like self-effacing humor. But, um, but w- one thing the Israelis are good at is, you know, we've, we have, we're all used to like running the bomb shelters once in a while. So when you tell Israelis like stay in your house, we're just, what in the world are you talking about? Because like that never happens in America where you have to like stay in your house. Yeah, I mean, I mean my, my grandparents now. built a bomb shelter in like 1935 or something. And besides, beyond that, I don't think it's been done since then in the United yeah. States. Well, I mean, you got survivalists and stuff, but they never use the thing. They just build it and are happy to know they have it. Yeah, and we Here make fun of it. Not- yeah, it's yeah. like a man cave or something. Like they, 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 they make it cool, but we're not. Like yeah. here, everyone's got a shelter. My my bedroom, my apartment is like a regular apartment. My bedroom is actually a reinforced bomb shelter, but they design it so you can't really tell. So it looks like a regular bedroom, but if you know what you're looking at, you realize like the walls are made out of this special construction, and my my window is is like shatterproof glass. So you know, somebody launches a rocket, like I can go in the bedroom and I'll be okay. So everyone's got them and it's not like an unusual thing. And even like from the economy point of view, it was really economists are comparing this situation to 1973, which is the Yom Kippur war completely disrupted life, shut all the businesses down for a while. Then it ended. Then there was a recession for a while and we came back. Whereas in America, I don't know the last time America just had everything shut down for a while, maybe world war two. Yeah. We, we never had, we don't have wars on our land, so we don't have that. Yeah. That, we're not used to that kind of situation. So- Dan, what about um, reopening in general? When did you guys start reopening? We started reopening right about the middle of May. Okay, so like and three weeks ago, something like that, three or four weeks, something like that. Yeah, yeah, a little, a little bit more than that. And so we look around, people not wearing the masks, people screwing up, and and we go, oh my god, we're in such bad shape, we're the worst, you know. And then we look around at other countries in the world, and we realize actually somehow. We're actually we're actually doing pretty okay comparatively. So, are people back to work? We missed a little bit of what you were saying there, but are people back to work? Yeah. Um, pretty much. I mean, in my company, uh, we had this dilemma: do we bring everybody back or not? And my uh, CFO was saying, "Hey, we should make a schedule where we have half the people in half the time." And I said, "You know, why don't we just give everyone the option? Because chances are, half the people just want to get out of the house and away from their kids." And the other half of the people love working from home. So we just gave people the option. And so far, basically, we have about half the people coming in and half not, which is sort of what we expected. And that's sort of how most offices are right now. And you have to you have to take your temperature in the morning and sign a form from the Ministry of Health saying, I took my temperature and I'm not sick today. And you have to wear a mask on the way in, in and out of work. And you're supposed to keep the two meters apart. So you follow all those rules. But other than that, we're basically sort of, it feels pretty much normal, except with those little extra things going on. And what happens if you sign it and you were sick? Like if you lie to the Department of Health? You know, I don't think anything happens if you lie on the form. But if you get sick or if you are, if they can prove that you were within a certain distance of someone who was sick for more than a certain amount of time, they send you to quarantine and quarantine means you got to stay in your house for two weeks. And apparently like the, the Shin bet, which is like the Israeli FBI is going around to people's houses and knocking on their doors to make sure they're really at home. Cause you know, people want to cheat the system. 
And if you break that, then you can get, you know, find a few thousand dollars or, or I, I haven't heard of anyone going to prison for it, but theoretically you could. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, someone in my, my sister-in-law's family, I believe uh, I heard the story. They like got a ticket during the quarantine. They like went, they were in a town that's not their town. And so yeah. like, like, which is a, a level of like quarantine we don't have here. Like you could get, you could get like a, like a police officer asked for your identification, I guess. So that's obviously, I assume you guys have a level of enforcement that we don't have here too for once you have to be quarantined. We do, but you know, this country, it's so absurd. We have all this enforcement stuff. And then, you know, on Passover, the prime minister and the president both showed videos of them at their Passover dinners with their families. And everyone's like, wait a minute, your kids are adults and they don't live at home. So you're, you know, they, they, not only did they break the rules, they put it on their Instagram pages. It just didn't occur to them. And so the whole country is going nuts about this. And to me, the crazy thing wasn't just that they broke the rules, but that it just didn't even occur to them to try and hide it. <laughs> and, and so then Passover comes, you know, Passover is a holiday where you make a lot of dishes out of eggs. You got like matzo brai and those sorts of things. And there was an egg shortage for some reason. So like the Mossad went and started airlifting in eggs for the Mossad's like the Israeli CIA. They, they were airlifting in eggs from Europe. And, and there were egg riots, like in ultra-Orthodox communities, people were like massed outside, hundreds of people fighting over the, to get these eggs. And, it, you know, first of all, it's like, you know, there's no social distancing going on there, right? Two now weeks later, now when you're fighting, a couple weeks later, they had some big thing in a religious neighborhood. It was somebody's funeral or something going on, and the police are trying to break it up. And so to protest against the idea that the police are trying to stop them, people came out and started throwing eggs at the police. Whoa. And I'm sitting there like, you're just fighting to get the eggs. Now you're throwing the eggs at people. <laughs> yeah, those are valuable eggs. It could be worse. They could be completely uh, disbanded, like in Minneapolis. So Yeah. <laughs> no. You don't know who the Mossad killed to get those eggs. Like, yeah. Some, yeah. some other country got you. <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah, we don't give anybody ideas. The looting is compounded. We don't want to get <laughs> eggs thrown at anybody. Capital here listening. in Israel, we, yeah, go- we got no looting here except for eggs. That's the only thing we lose. Cap, what happened with the, um, cause you were saying that the super religious in Israel fi- eventually decided to like call it off and social distance and stay away and all that kind of stuff. What happened in Brooklyn cap? I don't know if I remember the end of that story. Cause I know for a while they were still having funerals and then well, like, they had de Blasio yeah, told them not to. And then now he's like Hitler part two. Well, they had a, they had a funeral where they, uh, well, this, this is our, in hindsight with all that's going on now, it's interesting because they planned it with the NYPD. They had an outdoor funeral. They had this big idea. They thought it was going to be genius. And they like didn't factor in how many people were going to come and how bad it would look. So then like the NYPD changed their minds and were like, no, we can't have this. And then it was a disaster. But I don't, I think they put the brakes on all that stuff for a while. I know that they've, the police have raided some of the ultra Orthodox for having schools and whatnot. Um, I'm sure with the protests, it annoys them. I don't know if you saw these, uh, these Hasidic guys in Brooklyn, these kids, they came up with like, they put a sign up. They said, Pro- t- uh, uh, love of George Floyd. And then they just made like a kid's carnival. So they could have like, they're, they're like, we found a loophole. To, to, yeah, yeah. It's a protest. <laughs> Jesus. But, but yeah, I don't know. Like people get so mad at the Hasidic guys, but I'm like, you can't get mad at them anymore because it's just like, yeah. uh, I mean, social distancing outside is over in, in America, at least. Well, I, I like. think the difference is fighting for your life versus. Yeah, um, but I mean, well, whatever. But uh, the point is, is that um, we'll see what happens. I mean, people got really mad in America about this thing in Missouri, the Ozarks, the real Ozarks. 
but there wasn't some crazy outbreak to my knowledge there. So yeah. Has there maybe, been any of that in Israel? Is there anyone like break any, any videos of people just like, like Gal Gadot partying. just partying on the beach? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing, you, you know, we, we were sort of picking on the, the ultra Orthodox a little bit, but the, the thing the Orthodox have going for them is that once you get the community rabbi to, to say, Hey, everybody stay home. Everyone will stay home. Whereas in the secular communities, you've got like, you go to the beaches in Tel Aviv, people are going out, they're on the beach, they're hanging out. Like you, you just, you can't stop people once the weather gets nice, unless you like massively go start giving everyone tickets or something. So yeah, people are out there. But what we seem to be seeing is that the real problem spreading happens inside of closed rooms. So schools, synagogues, uh, just anything indoors. Uh, but when you're out on the beaches, for some reason, it's just, you know, there's enough air moving around. It, th- it doesn't seem to catch as much. All right. So yeah. that was actually my question, because that's what there was some study that we've been talking about on here. Maybe a few weeks ago, or a, I would say like three or four weeks ago, maybe now by some, I don't know, it's some doctor in the United States basically saying that, saying that they studied, I think, South Korea, the United States and a couple other countries studied where the outbreaks were happening and 90 percent of them were happening at indoor events, indoor gatherings. And I, my question was going to be, is that what is bearing out in Israel as well? Now that it's reopening yeah. is as long as you're outdoors doing stuff. Cause I'm trying to do stand-up comedy it, outdoors it and I want to see if that's possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it does seem to be what's happening. I think, you know, you, I, I'm always a little bit wary of what scientists say because it's so many scientists are saying so many things and they're all contradicting each other. But if you just wait a little while and watch events unfold and then ask yourself, all right, what am I really seeing? Then you kind of start to see what, what's happening. And in Israel, what we're seeing is that every time there's, you know, you have to wait two weeks after something happens before you see the results of it. But every time something happens two weeks later, you see it's always the, the indoor stuff that's causing the big spread and the outdoor stuff, as bad as it looks on TV, doesn't seem to be doing that as much. Yeah. yeah. But watch, watch me get proven wrong tomorrow. No, but it's yeah. an interesting, it's an interesting point you make though, to back up a little, because like you say about the, something people believe in and to those Hasids, like the, the funeral for their rabbis is like the biggest, it's like the most important thing. It is something they believe in. So when their rabbis tell them to do something, they listen, we don't have that. That's part of the problem we're having in America. It's like, you know, some people believe, you know, it's like we, people just want to do their own thing. So that we're, 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 well, we're trying to struggle with the reopening. Some people, People was really believed in the quarantine for a while. Now they're kind of like, well, I got to get back to life. So but also we're, we're- did have, um, you know, like the evangelical Christians w- still going to church and then just yeah. getting like obliterated on social media. And they never, we never had an example of, do we have any of their leaders step up and say, we can't do that? Or I don't know. I haven't followed. But- uh, I think, yes, eventually I think it kind of slowed down or maybe stopped. I mean, it all broke down into how religious, how I, evangelical you were. I think the mainline I think religions I, didn't do that. Yeah, exactly. Well, I also did. Did you see? I saw some clip online once during the height of everything, where like it was like a Tel Aviv like bar almost, like outside on the beach, and it was all people who had coronavirus just hanging out. It's like Antibody <laughs> Island, and that's like been my idea for like a dating app this whole time. Yeah. So maybe you, <laughs> the Israelis, I feel like would catch into this if you could maybe your friends in Tel Aviv, we could start maybe do a beta program there, because that's the that's the future of dating. You have the antibodies, you go party. Okay, COVID, we're calling it. Okay, COVID, yes. I didn't. Where they were, you know how how the the USS Comfort, Israel, we didn't do it with boats, we did it with all into field hospitals. And so you have these hotels where everybody in the hotel had had COVID, 
And people uh, in my older cases were like, they were doing yoga and having, you know, I don't know, little parties and stuff. <laughs> Some of them were like super shut down. Others were like more chill. Did that so work? They, 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 did it work? As in like, well, I mean, it, it created more capacity because for a while we were worried there wouldn't be enough ventilators or enough beds in hospitals. I mean, it was Italy that was scaring everyone, like hospitals turning people away. You had to like go die on the street. So that's what everyone was worried about. But it, it, it worked in the sense that there was a place to put people. And then we flattened the curve, and now they're closing yeah. them all because the hospitals, as they are, have more than enough capacity now. Yeah, because – sorry. I was just saying because the Italy thing, I remember what everyone was scaring, scared about was they were saying how Italy has this aging population and people all live close to each other. And, I mean, come to think of it, Israel is very similar, I feel like. You have, like, a lot of families – it's not like America where we live so far from our parents. I feel like a lot of people live near each other, it, it, obviously a small country. And yet you, Israel, I think has one of the like best death rates, right? Or lowest death rates of this virus next to like China is number one, of course. Uh, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, yeah. Russia's allegedly. number two, allegedly. But I think Israel's actually number three, number one of countries you trust their numbers on is the last I checked. Yeah. So, so I, I don't know, I guess I, I did something right. Is what I'm trying to say. So, well, yeah, it had yeah. to do with shutting things down quickly. You know what happened that Italy really got, got kind of a gut punch because there's uh, there are these leather factories in Italy that you know you can say it's made in Italy because it's an Italian leather factory, but it's actually a Chinese factory, and a lot of the workers are Chinese, and they're actually a lot of them are from Wuhan, and they they commute over from Wuhan and like spend a few months at a time working in these factories in Italy, mm. and and because China wasn't really letting people know about the virus at first, there were just hundreds of people from Wuhan spending a lot of time in Italy working in factories. So by the time anyone knew about the virus, Italy had already gotten infected, you know, past the point that they could shut things down and, and stop it. Huh, I didn't actually know that. Did you, sir? Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> what about, I read an article about the uh, uh, airline industry. Oh, yeah. And this theory I actually love, but it set, the article made it sound like everyone in Israel hates it. But uh the theory was that you can they're oh, they want to open up country by country with your Euro- i guess like middle eastern or european countries that have they call like a green country meaning like they're clear like lithuania yeah. is clear of the virus so you can travel from israel to lithuania but that's it and then when a third yeah. country gets clear then you can travel i think i've, I've th- been saying from the beginning we should do this with the united states like montana right now is clear so they should open up Montana and whatever state comes next, and those two can travel between each other. It's it's logistically impossible to do this in the United States, but is this a th- is this working, or have they tried this? I mean, they haven't tried it yet. They're talking about it, but I don't think there are enough countries that are clear enough for long enough that they're there yet. But the idea is they're thinking within as they begin to open up travel. First, it will be with places like Australia and New Zealand who have really good rates. And um, I think Germany has pretty good rates. And then only later on, we start adding countries like England or or, or America because it got hit pretty hard. I mean, so this, airport's yeah. completely closed. I, it's totally closed. No, no there's actually there's – there's a little bit of flying going in and out. Uh, I actually have a, an employee who went home to, to visit his family in London just now. My question is I think when he comes back from London, he's going to be required to stay at home for two weeks. I'm not sure if that's the case, but I think it is. So then he'll just have to be working by, by Zoom and whatever. Um, so you can travel. It's not super convenient. I think mean, you got to wear a mask on the plane the whole time. It kind of sucks. And then you have to come back and go into quarantine, or at least you, you had to last time I checked. But it, it can be done, and it's being done a little bit. 
I mean, it just seems like this is the, uh, if it's possible, this is the way to do it. My cousin lives in Montana and she's a nurse and she's saying like, yeah, everything's great now. We have zero cases. We've had zero deaths for like a month, but I think it was starting this week or last week. They're opening back up because of tourism to, cause they can get like people to all the national parks. So she's like, yeah, we're just expecting a giant flood of new cases when everybody comes in. But if you That's could only go. open to the other state that is also clear. Yeah. And then even if New I mean, that would make New York basically the last people. Well, hey, we're, it, it looked a few weeks ago like the last yeah, people. We're now, not the, we're, yeah, we're doing better than a lot of states right now. We're zooming ahead. Yeah, New right York's now. getting it together. What the heck happened? Look at I, us, I heard, baby. Uh, I heard Cuomo telling me this, this morning in his briefing oh. how great y'all are doing. You get the Cuomo what? briefings in Israel. Look at that. Oh, wow. the, Cuomo yeah. show, the Cuomo show is international. <laughs> <laughs> I had... We, we had a, a phone call for a bunch of our donors for, for my company. So we're a nonprofit. And, uh, and I, everyone's asking, okay, what's going on with, uh, with COVID? So I, I just did my Cuomo impression. I said, well, let me tell you how we're doing. We've got uh, some good numbers. We're doing fact-based analysis. We're being smart. We're opening up smart. And <laughs> you need a joke enjoy that everyone. You uh-huh. need one of his, like, you need one of his, his terrible jokes. Yeah, today's a good Saturday. Joke. Say today's Saturday. Today's Saturday. <laughs> I know it's Saturday because I don't wear a tie on Saturday, so my tie tells me it's Saturday. My no tie. <laughs> Which is a very illogical joke. There's no logic in that because he's the one who put on his own tie. Yeah, and today was yeah, today was day 100. So and he's been that doing that bit for like months, and no one yeah. laughs anymore. And every Saturday now, he's shocked that no one laughs. He's like, what, you don't like that joke? That killed in March, that joke. Wait. But didn't he get declared like the most eligible bachelor in the world or in the country or something like that? There was a lot of, there was a peak of, of, of uh, people gagging for Cuomo, as they say. Gagging for Cuomo. I think once our numbers pass 400,000 uh, <laughs> cases, <laughs> that, that uh, gagging for Cuomo kind of waned a little bit. What um do you guys have like what is in Israel? Is there a mayor of Jerusalem giving updates? Is there a yeah? You've got Netanyahu. He, he gets on the on TV and he says, oh, "Listen, this isn't a vacation. Stay at home." Great, and that's it. He's like he's he's got a very I don't I, I don't give a crap kind of attitude. Like I don't care if you like me. I don't care what you think. Get in your house and stay there. Right, and, that's pretty good. You know, it, the thing is that for Israelis, it kind of works because Israelis aren't kind of looking to be coddled. We, we're looking to see that somebody knows what the heck he's doing and does it. Hey, yeah. So that's kind of working here. Stop running around, please. I mean, I think in America, people were a little bit uh, were a little bit anxious about Trump hey, because he's so all over the place. Around. And that kind of works on other issues. But on this issue, you, you kind of want a guy who's a little bit focused focus isn't his strong suit um yes i don't know what issues but, trump's all over the place thing works on we're still trying to figure that out <laughs> we're gonna find the crisis that's the, the solution for it <laughs> but uh what about um so you think do you think i i need to know this my mom's listening she needs to know my uh, my brother's gonna be having a his wife's having a baby in september god willing can do you think we're gonna be a lot of americans into israel by september so my mom can visit w- what's the israeli uh oh, man. you know talking yeah. about september yeah. Talking about September is like talking about 10 years from now. Like nobody mm. knows. I mean, I could that, maybe take a, could, No, it's not necessarily. We just don't know. I could maybe take a guess it's about so what'll long. happen a month from now. And even that's a stretch, but you'd start talking three, four months. Who knows? Um, I think uh, there's, you know, they're, they keep coming up with new treatments and, uh, and they're, they're obviously working on vaccines and stuff. So one of these days that's going to come out and that'll change everything. And the testing's gotten fast. Ben Gurion University, which is down in the Negev Desert, 
has developed a one minute test and they they developed a one minute test and it's, I think it hasn't been fully, you know, uh, approved and, you know, FDA kind of stuff, but, but apparently they're testing and it works. Once you have a one minute test, you know, you could, you could come into the country. They'll know if you have it, if you don't have it, you know, you're, you're clear. You just give it a test at the airport when you get in and yeah, I mean, yes, it'll be something like that. Yeah. That's the thing. This whole taking a temperature is also illogical. We all know that it, it might not show up for like five days, six days, seven days, eight days, 10 days. So taking a temperature when they walk into a building is nice, but ultimately I don't know what it does. I mean, it might prevent people who are currently sick. I guess yeah, it's going to eliminate some of the people. You know, I, I, I went into the, the pharmacy because I ran out of masks. So I walk mm. in and they take my temperature and then the guy's like, well, you can't come in. You don't have a mask. I'm like, well, that's why I'm coming here is to buy a mask. <laughs> oh no. He's like, but you can't come in without a mask. How am I supposed to get it? It was very Abbott and Costello. It's like, very, yeah. who's on first? What's on Can you just guy? hand the guy money and be like, go get me a mask? Like, No, you know what I did? Because it's Israel. I just argued with him for a while. And finally he handed me a Kleenex and said, hold this over your face. <laughs> and Problem I'm, solving. I'm just like that. That Kleenex has got your hands all over it now. Yeah. So I'm holding his like dirty hand Kleenex on my face. Mm. And like, I, and then I'm searching around. I can't find who's selling the masks. And finally, one guy's telling me to go to one end of the store. That guy tells me to go to the first end because everything's chaos. But eventually I got my masks. And now I have, now I have plenty of them. No, you got to stock um, up. Don't, don't lose your masks. Oh, yeah. I keep extras all over the place. You know, we, They're the new sunglasses. You can't lose sunglasses. It's very frustrating. You can't lose masks. That's yeah. all fine. Well, we've got a, uh, a program that, that takes journalists uh, in Israel around to, to different events out in the field and, and to press conferences and things like that. And the, the, the journalists' bosses and their companies are being even more careful than the government because they don't want their employees getting sick. But it's finally starting to turn the corner. So the first thing we're doing is we're going to go out and buy just like crate loads of masks and uh, hand sanitizer so that when we do these press conferences, if any journalist forgets their mask, we've got tons of extras. There you go. That's the way to do it. So yeah. what, I guess, um, we're r- wrapping this up here. What's something, what should we know as we, cause, uh, New York city today is entering phase one, which phase one which is, is confusing nothing. because it means something different for every single state. It's not, they didn't make like a nationwide. What does phase one mean? What does phase two mean? Yeah, do you have phases in Israel? Do you, is that like a thing or is that just like no, you open? We, we have, <laughs> we sort of have barely controlled chaos. We just, we, we do stuff and then we change our minds and then we sort of change the rules a little bit. And, and I would, I would think that we were in terrible shape, except then I look around the world and I realize, well, you know what, we're actually kind of doing better than a lot of places. So somehow, and this is really what I was saying about the Israeli army. There's a, a, an element of chaos, but somehow it kind of works. And do you think um, that we, cause we don't have, we don't have restaurants open here and you guys have restaurants open. Do you, is that like, you have them outside seating? Like, how is it, how are we supposed to, do we feel comfortable yeah. in your restaurants in Israel? Do they go into restaurants? Yeah, we're, we're eating in restaurants. You know, you, the, the waiters are wearing their masks. The customers obviously aren't because you got to eat the food somehow. Um, and the chefs aren't because I guess you would just die in a, in a, a professional kitchen if you were wearing a mask because it's so mm-hmm. hot. But what they're doing is they don't fill all the tables. So you kind of have to, if it's a good restaurant, you have to make reservations because it's the, half the tables aren't going to be filled. So everyone stays spaced out. And, you know, look, I've been doing it for a while. I haven't gotten sick and I haven't heard of anyone getting sick from restaurants. I mean, at first I was really worried about food, but they say that uh, here's what you need to know. They say the the most common way of transmission is through people talking and their air droplets get in their their spit droplets get in the air. That's the way things transmit much more than through surfaces. 
So, you know, you should wash your hands and everything, but the touching stuff isn't as much as being in a room with people. Transmits much more indoors uh, than it does outdoors. And the other thing to, to know is when you start opening up, you're going to see a spike. That's to, to be expected. If your government is being smart, in this case, the state or the city government, as they see spikes in certain areas, they do you do good contact tracing. You close down the area specifically where there's an effect, whether it's a specific school or, or whatever it is, but without closing the entire uh, city. And, and you want to look to see that the spike is a steady one and not a, an exponentially increasing one. And if you get all those things down, you're probably going to be okay. If you see a spike that starts increasing exponentially and you're not doing good contact tracing and shutting down in specific areas, then you're probably heading for a second wave and a full shutdown again. And what about comedy? Do you know of anything? Are they doing stand-up over there? Yeah, the important things. Forget schools. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, obviously, everybody, every comedian's got stuff going on on, on their Instagram video and, and on YouTube. So you got that. But it's, that's mostly just people trying to not be bored. But, uh, you know, venues, like going to see a show. Yeah. I mean, that's as bad as opening a school or going to pray in synagogue. It's a bunch of people sitting in a room yeah. close together with circulating air. So that hasn't opened up uh, yet at all, and I don't know when it will, but that's, that'll probably be one of the last things to open. I, think, is, is I don't think it'll happen here until there's a vaccine that's widely available that everyone's getting. I mean, are there bars in Israel? Are bars open? Or, like, or you could just you're spaced yeah. out? Or, yeah. Like, how does – yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, well, early on, bars were uh, – you could – there was a rule early on that you could open restaurants and bars, but only for takeaway. So right. my friends are like, oh, man, it's great. We went to this bar and we did takeaway. And we brought, I'm like, why would you take do takeaway at a bar? That's like saying I want to drink at home, but I'd like to pay four times as much for the yes, beer as I, I would in grocery stores. So I'm going to go to the – but now it's um, now it's kind of getting back to normal. So people are going to bars and, and drinking there. and They're just keeping the tables spaced a little more than usual. Right. Right. So are you uh, planning – I guess you can't travel, right? I mean, you can travel within the country and you can travel – like I said, one of my employees just went to home to London and uh, so he's clearly traveling. And he sent a selfie of himself in the airport and he was like the only person in the, the entire departures hall. So the, there is traveling, but there's restrictions and it's not easy and I don't know exactly how it works, but it does work in some way or another. Got it. But it seems kind of pointless, though, in this day and age. To, yeah, to what are you going to do and, when you get there? <laughs> yeah. You know? like well, yeah, so where, where, where is it you're going to go? I mean, the guy I'm talking about, he went because he, he hadn't seen his family in a while and he was really missing them. But yeah. other than that, yeah. like, where are you going to yeah. go? What are you going to do? Like, you can go yeah. hang around in some other city where you can't do anything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, Dan, thanks for doing yeah. it. Um, what? How can people find you online? You can on find us at... You can find us at honestreporting.com. That's my, that's my, our, our company. And if you want to check me out personally or send me a note, I'm uh, Daniel speaks up one word on Twitter and on Instagram. So, uh, you know, hit me up and thanks for having me on guys. Yeah. Hey, Dan, one last thing I just want to ask yeah. you real quick is with playboy magazine went out of business, which is your former company in Israel. You yes, try to bring playboy. So how do you feel about that? Have you shed any tears? You said a set of cottage or you just, uh, I, I, I shed a lot of tears for, for quite a while, you know, and, uh, and you know, the, the funny thing was I, years later, I actually ran into a guy who's become a good friend. Who's a, who's a big investor and he wanted to invest in sort of a reboot to do it a different way digitally, that it would work differently and it had better chance of success. But by then the playboy company had gotten all woke 
and they were yeah. less into the international brands. Well, so at the time, at the time I had the company, I didn't have the investor. Then I got the investor and I didn't have the company. No, but so, I, yeah, no, so, I meant the actual magazine for those who don't know is no more. I've heard the physical magazine. It's over. So, uh, Oh, you know, maybe I'm breaking news. It, 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 it's it over was gone yeah. and then it, it, it gone it was gone and then it came back and now it's gone I, again is that what happened it's gone yeah it's gone so uh sad times well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that it, it had yeah. a good run for like 70 years but yeah <laughs> it would actually right. do well right now if they had them all yeah. like playboy bunnies but in masks i feel like that would Ooh, that's a genius <laughs> idea bring it back for one month <laughs> one more day bring it back get your investor dan yeah. call him up yeah. all right daniel pomerantz thanks yeah. for doing it you, man, man. Um, thanks for having me guys. Stay safe in Israel. Stay safe and healthy. Yes. Don't go around any schools and, (laughs) uh, wear your mask. We will see a cap. What should we do? Let's get them. Let's play the music from the news. Get to the news. (laughs) See you later. Kaplan, Daniel Pomerantz. What a great guess. Yeah. I loved uh, catching up with Dan. Is that a second uh, or third time on the pod? It's a second time on the pod. You know, he came on. It wasn't that long ago when we were still, it seems like years ago, but we were in the studio. I guess it was last summer. I think he came in last summer when he, yeah, I think that was at the end of that interview, you mentioned him traveling and that's, he travels a lot for work. So I'm sure he doesn't want to admit that traveling's uh, (laughs) a. Well, it also feels like, to me, it feels like he's been on a number of times. Is that just because I know I hung out with him first at your wedding? Maybe a right. decade ago Which was or a decade more. ago. We did have a podcast then. I know but you seem like that's all part of the same story. And then line. maybe it's just I've seen him. I don't know if I've seen him or somehow talked to him places, but he has a familiar vibe with the show. Let's just Yeah, he's a fan. He's a fan of the show. And he uh, he has a good, you know, his job, he travels to America a lot. He's American born. So I hope for his sake that they figure out a way for him to travel. I know I'm sure he's itching to get, 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 get to New York. We'll have him on again one day. I'm sure we have a. But he, uh, you know, he was on for the, the Playboy episode originally. The Playboy it's episode. Got, all right. Yeah. First news story of the week comes to us from Entertainment Weekly. That's where we get all of our best news, Kaplan. We don't get enough news from them, but we're going to work on it. We're going to up it. Mario Lopez is the, uh, <laughs> is he still on Entertainment Weekly? I don't really know. Is Billy Bush back there? No. Or Entertainment Tonight. <laughs> okay. Are they, Is that the same all thing right. as Entertainment Weekly? Is Tosh, what's his name? Uh, Tosh Point oh. Mary Hart. No, Mary Hart, I mean. <laughs> yes, I imagine yeah. so. This is a newspaper, though, or, or a magazine. Go okay, on. here we go. Stormtroopers are enforcing social distancing at Disney World. So Disney World is reopening on July 11th, last I heard. Is that, is that yes. correct? I guess. I don't know. And they're getting and they're... the stormtroopers out there. This proves that millennial, because like me, millennial, I've, just, I've, I've accepted You're a millennial. this idea. I've accepted yeah. the fact I have come out as a millennial. And um, now that I'm living in that reality, you know, it's mm-hmm. much I accept myself for who I am. And I've never known anything about Star Wars. The references don't work on me. I still are stormtroopers. Good guys or bad guys? <laughs> Should I have Teddy on or Ben Sparks on to explain this? To yeah, you? kids uh, know this. And then Gen X people know this. Yeah. No, it's a great excuse. Like, I, I agree with you. I love Star Wars, Wars as a kid. Then always made fun of people who were into it as adults. Like, why would I care? I'm not, I'm not a kid anymore. Um, but like having a kid, having a son, especially, is a great excuse to like watch it again and not like it's like, but you know, it's like it's like. So I'm I have watched a lot of the Star Wars lately. I've watched about six movies recently. So I get what you're saying though. It's it's a, and it, you know how Dan Pomeranz just said um, 
though the Hasidics listen to the rabbis. Yes. If the rabbi, if the rabbis tell them to do something, they do it. Well, I think both kids and millennials or whatever you want to say, will listen to someone if it's Star Wars based. Like No, no, people. no. You're totally They're wrong here. To, my point is to You're no? totally wrong. My point is millennials don't get the references. We we don't know anything speaking as a millennial. We don't know anything about Star Wars. This is for <laughs> Zoomers and Oh yeah, Zo- and Gen yeah, that's X. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Gen X Zoomers, you're right. I, I got confused with the millennial term. Gen X geeks and their children, though, that's who's going to Disney World. That's who has the money. The millennials don't have the money to go to Disney World. It's expensive. No. The, Ge- the Gen X parents, the Zoomers, whatever that means, the boomers, and their uh, the grandkids and the, the kids are into Star Wars. So they get it. So that's the important thing. They're I can listen- tell you for a fact, if my dad and I, who's a boomer and a, and a millennial, if we walked through <laughs> Star Wars and there was stormtroopers there, we wouldn't know. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly still asking you, are they good guys or are they bad guys? No, they're bad guys. They're the, they're the, they work for, the, uh, for Darth Vader, basically. So they're why would you have a bad guy? Wouldn't you want it to be friendly to a kid? Like a because kid. You listen. No, it's like you got to you got to rule the empire in Star Wars. No, you got to rule with fear. Oh. Not a, you got to rule these kids with fear. So you got to they don't listen. They don't they're not disciplined. You got to will Savant style. You OK, gotta you want to get kids to you. Disney World knows the entire fate of their companies at stake here. People it, Disney World might not survive if they don't have people. They can't figure out a safe way for people to go there. So they need fear. They need kids to feel terrorized that real stormtroopers will kill them if they don't social distance properly wear their masks do everything they're told and then their their gen x dads are just loving the idea and it, it reinforces oh i love stormtroopers i gotta i gotta listen, i like so. this okay see i didn't even have a take on this story because i didn't understand it but now that i <laughs> now that i do I, I like it and i think that if you if the kids are really bad if the kids won't social distance the stormtroopers should scoop them up and take yeah. them into some back alley where they get the crap kicked out of them by darth vader yeah, okay. I think there should be Darth Vader's around in the back. You know, <laughs> multiple in, Darth. Yeah, multiple Darth Vader's in the backs. In the not in the you know not facing the facing the customers, but in the back yeah. alleys places. So you can take them by there, and they can either get a stern talking to, or you know maybe you just a can of whoop ass. Right. Well, like like Ruby Kaplan mentioned on a previous podcast, is she said that Darth Vader is you know he's the master social distancer. He's got the mask on. He's got the you got the the um, lightsaber. You know it's, yes. it keeps you away. So you're right. If he if you give all the ki- if you give uh, kids dark, uh, that's the other thing. If you give kids lightsabers, then they're going to keep a distance too because it's da- they're going to you know everyone's going to give them stormtrooper masks <laughs> or get them masks when they yeah, enter when they enter they to- Disney World. Give them a little mask. Everyone would love that. They'd wear it. They give them all masks. Darth Vader. They oh, this is a this is the idea, idea Cap. Hot, you but. raise the price of admission by ten bucks, right? But yeah. it includes a mask. Exactly. Kids, will, everyone will go for it. It includes. I, I I mean, I honestly think if you're gonna go to Disney World now, it is like it seems crazy. But the biggest stress about Disney World is the crazy lines. There's so many people. Yes. I got to assume that they've there's not going to be crazy lines because they have to like cap out how many people can be there. A lot of people are just gonna go. This is probably the best time to ever go to Disney World. Actually. I think and you're he, wrong. And, and but here's the stormtrooper. Here's the problem, Cap. Here's the problem: the people that are going to go are going to be all the wrong people. Yeah, that's probably right, though. That's probably all the non-social. All the people who think that Maz are like created by the government and that this <laughs> is all a hoax and that everything. So they're going to accuse the storm. The stormtroopers are then going to be considered like the police for the woke society. It's gonna it's gonna reinvent stormtroopers in their minds. Now they're going to look at stormtroopers like they're 
progressives almost. Yeah, this is actually bad for Star Wars as a brand. They're going to lose a lot of customers. It's going to change the way like Cobra Kai became good guys in the reinventing of the Karate Kid. It's going to change the way people view the whole rebellion. But go. <laughs> Next story, the New York Post, Kaplan. Yes. Now, New York City boasts that 89% of school kids are engaged in daily interactions with their teachers during coronavirus. Yes. How? Of course, that's that's, very, a, that's something to celebrate, isn't it? That's now? pretty impressive. Well, look at that. We're doing a great job. We don't need regular school. Yeah, but, oh, wait, let me keep reading. But educators, meaning teachers, that's a fancy way of saying teachers, I think, educators. Yeah, yeah of course. But teachers dismiss the statistics as smoke and mirrors. And then they have a quote from a teacher here. She says, a student can learn, a student can literally text or email F-U, F-U, they say <laughs> F-U, um, <laughs> And that counts as, in quotes, a meaningful interaction, says elementary school teacher. An elementary school teacher told the Post. Interactions do not mean class attendance or com- completed assignments. All students need to. Uh, another teacher says all students need to do is hit uh, the turn in button on Google Classroom without yeah. doing any assignments, and it counts as a daily interaction. So they're fudging the numbers here. So. I believe that because two things I'll add to that is there are assignments on the Google Classroom that isn't even. Um, something to turn in it's just the way the program works so it's like there'd be like a video you're supposed to watch and you don't have to they don't know if you watch the video or, or read the text all but if you press turn in it counts as you did it basically in google's world you just have to press you're just clicking on a screen and you know the attendance thing it's like a google form sheet and you have to type in your name which teddy actually does it every single day on his own he, he does log in and he likes to leave a comment but ruby has never done it i always do it for her so it's great because, like, the teacher will reply, like, later in the day. She'll be like, great to hear from you, Ruby. I hope you're having a great day or something, like, cheery. And it's like, she's talking to me. I didn't even, like, this is, con. I mean, can I, I mean, the kid, from where I sit, listen, this is just my observations, but it's like, these kids, che- I guess they, I think some of the kids check in once a day. Sometimes it's once a week for another kid. I don't want to name names here. But because um, I know kid, the kid, both kids in this, I was listening to the pod. Shout out to them. But it's I'm not saying it's their fault at all. I'm just saying that it's, it feels very haphazard how these teachers are checking in with their students. And can I bring up one more thing, Kaplan? Now, yeah. next week down here, this is the last week of school officially in Arlington, Virginia, for these kids. Oh, next week starts next week starts summer and they're all excited for summer, which is great. <laughs> but my question is. What's they're like summer? We don't have to do anything. I'm like, how is that different from the last three months I've been in this house? Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Like Ruby's like, I can't wait till school's over. But it's like, it's not. I mean, yeah, there's the annoyance of me hassling them to do schoolwork, I guess, so they don't have to do anything. I mean, but it really doesn't. You don't have that real like the elation you just, as a student you felt the last day of school. Remember how excited that used to be? That sure. Feeling, like, half day. It's like early dismissal. You go in. You got like a. you're you're all cocky feeling and then you just stroll out of there but yeah i don't know what they do anymore but they do like ruby has her stepping up ceremony uh like like, because she's graduating kindergarten so i had to film a video today of her talking about the last day of kindergarten i'm like it's like like you already had the last day of kindergarten but you know everything she learned (laughs) (laughs) hey she you know you know what's funny is that i've been using it i've been forward thinking i've been she's been doing her work the past week she did all of her work but teddy keeps teddy keeps harping on the fact that if she doesn't do that work she didn't do for over a month she doesn't graduate kindergarten which i probably i would agree with teddy (laughs) so i don't know i might have to do the work for her because she's not gonna do a month's worth of work so she didn't go backwards and do it she just kind of skipped it you guys just said let's let bygones be bygones she said, I can't, you know, like the way some politicians, you know, 
it's like Cuomo. He's like, I'm not going to focus on all the nursing home problems. I'm focusing on day 100, phase one. We're yeah, we're not forward. focused on the, everything I did wrong <laughs> in the past. <laughs> no, we're going forward, and I'm going to do a good job going forward. This, that's, what, that's Ruby Kaplan. This is what Ruby Kaplan needs to do. This is anytime, anytime like uh, an athlete like misses the game-winning shot, and then they go in the locker room, and they're like, oh, wow, how, how do you feel about missing that? This is what you always have to say. You go, listen, people, I'm harder. Trust me, I'm harder on myself than you could ever be on me. Yeah, and exactly. that's how you get your way out of it. Is you go, you don't understand. I'm, I'm my own biggest critic. That's what Ruby Kaplan needs to tell her teacher when her teacher says, "You didn't do schoolwork for a month." Trust me, this is hurting me. I'm my own biggest critic, teacher. You don't have to tell me twice. Trust me, yeah. I know. It- yeah, yeah, and She's, then that absolves she, you of all guilt. Absolves everything, and it's genius. All right, we're gonna work on that. I'm gonna yeah. have her. I'm gonna have her give a press conference. She's gonna come out with an opening <laughs> joke. I'm my own biggest critic, teacher. Trust yeah, me. Exactly. Last story of the week: uh, New York Post. Oh, we're back to the Post. Stranded yeah. New Yorkers find true love while stuck in Costa Rica amid the coronavirus. So this is uh, uh, these two people. I don't have their names here, but they're 29 years old. They met in February through the dating app Hinge. Um, And it says uh, the woman, Mrs. Lee, says we knew there was potential so much so these people knew there was so much potential in their relationship that after two dates, they decided to have their third date happen. Um, by flying to Costa Rica. They're like, let's fly to Costa Rica for the third date. Now, here's the issue. Their flight took off. They left New York City on March 17th, which may sound early to some of you who don't live in New York City, but that was very mid-pandemic. That was was Ruby's birthday. That was like two days after they had shut down... They had basically shut down the schools already at that point. So, like two days, that was like that's like two or three days after they shut everything down in New York. That's that's very responsible. That was eleven days after um, I was sitting to quarantine when my friend got coronavirus. We had already been quarantined for ten days. Tons of people were planning on fleeing New York City and never coming back. A lot of people had already left at that point. That was St. Patrick's Day. If you remember, the Zoomers were out partying and the rest of the city Mm. condemned them during that time. Are we sure this guy doesn't have kids and was like, I need to get the hell out. I'm at distance teaching my kids. I'm going to like. We're not sure. And because this is romantic. I would tell you, yeah, you bring that up. And then you also think like. You know, there's like, I used to joke about the douche, the ultimate douchebag rich guy dating move is like on the second date to be like, I'm going to fly, let's fly to Paris on our second date. Because <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds romantic. It's clearly unfair because a regular guy can't just pay to like just go to Paris. No, my, but, my dating move is always go to the bowling alley. exactly because it's, I mean, it's really a ballsy move when you haven't even slept together yet. Like, let's go on vacation. But, it sounds like the way this is written that, that that they went like did are we sure he paid for it or did they go together they split this like I don't even know it seems very modern almost they met on an app so I don't know the rules. The point is but, how romantic is this? They left. Of course you're not going to get let back into the country. You left after the whole city yeah. was quarantined. They're trying to get you know what they're trying to do here. They're like we want to have our life story based on a rom-com be written about us. They're trying to get Weber to write a movie about him. They're trying to get Weber to make a because there's going to be some great quarantine rom-coms. We all know that. Oh, sure. And and, and by us doing this news story, we have now copyrighted this one as ours. Take that. Justin Katz can confirm. This is our idea now if we want to write this movie. Quarantine. So so they just decided, let's go to Costa Rica and we'll just be gone for months and the New York Post is dumb enough to write an article about us like we're these like romantics who I'll tell you know what we're doing. I'll tell you something else. I guarantee these people pronounce it Costa Rica. Ah, uh, Costa Rica. I never heard that. Is that, 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 that that's what people do now? You never heard that? I've, I've been to Costa Rica. I saw your brother in Costa Rica, actually. I that's a New York-y thing to do. Uh, like a, uh, you say Costa Rica instead of Costa Rica. 
I mean, Costa Rica for a while seemed like it was becoming like the next, the new Florida. It was like, very, it was the new like, Tulum for a little while. The new Tulum. And then <laughs> yeah. it was before Tulum. I think it was pre Tulum. You're right. Was, Tulum was the new Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah, when's there a couple going to Tulum? Is there a couple in Tulum right now who, who went on March 18th? And yeah, they're furious. Like, this article's not been written about them. <laughs> All oh, right, man. that's yeah. the pod, Kaplan. But by the way, I breaking news just came across my screen here, and CNN says it's official. We're in a recession. I, I don't know if you knew that. We're in a recession. <laughs> breaking news, CNN. <laughs> Thanks a lot, CNN. Kept. That's it, everybody. July first, we will be doing this show on Zoom live for all mm. of you. So why not send us an email if you want to watch that show? We're going to email you anyway, but just so we can get an idea. Numbers lost in America pod at gmail.com. It's only for Patreon listeners. Um, so get on our Patreon, go to, go to lost in go to patreon.com slash lost in America for $5 a month. You get four extra episodes a week of Kaplan and I, that's every Tuesday through Friday. We'd send out about a half hour episode. Go do that right now. The link for that will be in the notes of this, the liner notes of this episode. Kaplan, thank you to Daniel Pomerantz from zooming in to, uh, we can talk to him in Israel. Uh, for Dan, for uh, the show, for the listeners, for Cap, for me. Cap, what should we do? I think it's about time we get lost. Get lost.